My guest today is Justin McElroy here to talk about his review of a a dronefed. A dronefed? <laughs> that can't be right. I'm Griffin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Hi, Justin. Hi, Ditto. How's it going? It's going good. I feel uh, exposed and I feel unconfident. I don't even know if that's a word, so now I feel even less. I feel even more unconfident uh, in the pronunciation of the video game title, A Drowunft, that somebody released a game with the title of. Uh, yeah, I uh, I uh, think it's just, you just pretend it's an I, right? I get it. So it's kind of like Assassin's Creed. Um, I've I've completed this video game title and I still do not understand why that is the thing. Why the one is up in it? It's why edgy, the isn't it? It's, up it's, in it? it's hella edgy. Um, a a drift. Um, a drum. A now, drum. No, now that we've moved beyond the bit, uh, a drift is a game that uh, I, I've played a little bit of. Uh, I got my Oculus Rift in yesterday, and that was one of the first things that I kind of tooled around in. It was designed for both VR and, but you you can play it without the headset too. Um, and I'm curious to see how that weighed in on on their review because I if if unless I'm mistaken, you do not you are not a member of the Oculus family yet. No, I've got mine ordered, but they haven't uh, haven't shipped it out to Chaboy yet. So just kind of living in the 2D meat space right now. Okay. Um, how, how did that affect the review? Obviously, uh, in our review, we had a sidebar from, uh, Ben, who at this point is just like, I think his body has just dissolved in a vat of like, um, virtual reality, like conductive matter. And it's just kind of like his brain floating in a jar as he explores virtual war- worlds like 24 seven. And then sometimes he'll pop it in the polygon chat room and write up an opinion piece. But otherwise just, he's a, he's a full blown virtual boy at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he has unlocked his uh, corporeal form, and he's just like <laughs> surfing the waves. His body died. His, <laughs> his body's gone. His body's gone. Not a lot of people know that he is basically full blown reboot, like Bob at this point. Um. Yeah. So I I didn't. Um. I could definitely see it, what what we the way we handled that, and and I I don't know if this is how we'll continue to do it, but Ben actually wrote like a VR sidebar. Yeah. Um. In the review about what it's like to play in the Rift, I actually saw some outlets publish two different reviews. Interesting. Um, for for the different versions, um, because it would be you know a pretty pretty different experience. I got to say, like. The the thing that I, I I'm not sure would have changed the experience for me that much because the immersion when you're playing Rift or when you're playing a drift uh, is really I mean it's astounding and yeah. it's the thing that I complimented the most while I was playing it right in the review is like it you are so in the world it doesn't really take you out in any way it's not like you get tool tips or or anything like that all that you need to do is communicated to you like within the game and within like in world uh uh prompts and in world text and and voiceover and stuff so um it is an extremely immersive experience and that's the stuff that i praise the most in the review so i don't think that like um, you know, obviously VR would have heightened that for me, but I don't think that it would have changed my overall, uh, sort of take on, on the game itself. It's, it's, it's absolutely, I think an interesting discussion to have because like 
to to I I think that games and I feel like this is one of those games where they talk about how it is designed for VR. Does that mean that you as the reviewer have to like kowtow to that? I I I I don't think so. Although I do definitely think there are some games that like only work in VR. I don't think Adrift is one of those games. I think Adrift you know functions just fine as a you know exploratory sort of adventure game. Um, even when you don't have the headset strapped in, but some of the other Oculus experiences, like if you're playing Lucky's Tale, it's just kind of like a okay platformer. If you're playing Windlands, then it's just kind of like a a game where you swing around on stuff. It is the act of actually being in those spaces that kind of does make the game. And I'm, I, mm-hmm. it sounds like you, in order to do this review, you kind of made the decision that like Adrift is in that category where you have to play it in in VR. What what went into that decision? Uh, that we needed somebody to review it and I didn't have a headset. I mean, I, no, it, it, the, the fact of the matter is this, it is a game. I think it does fall into that category and it is a game moreover. And this is what Arthur told me when I sort of was hesitant about it is that 99%, you know, 95, who knows percent, the vast majority of the people who play this game are not going to be playing it in VR. The pe- penetration of the technology just isn't there. So it seemed legit to us to like make concessions to the people who would be playing it that way, but like evaluating the game by and large as mm. a as the, the in the way that most people would be playing it. Do you think when you do that sweet sweet day comes where you do get your hands on the rift, Palmer like shows up to your door and is like, "Hey man, I got your rift. Can I get like a glass of water? I've just been." Like I slammed the door in his face because I'm like so unhinged yeah. from meat space already. You said, thank you, Palmer. This is the last meat space interaction I'm ever going to have. Get the get the fuck out of here. Get out of here, um, Pup, meat puppet. Uh, uh, do, you, do you think you would go back into a drift just to see what it's like? In- oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, the like I said, and and this is one of the things that was like really – this is a really hard review to write. Like some, some reviews just kind of like come – and this one like did not like I, I finished this game with very little idea about like what I wanted to say about it. And there was a lot of like, yeah, hopping back in and and to the game and like doing stuff I hadn't done already and like just getting a, a feel for it again and really thinking about it and writing it and rewriting it. And like until I felt like I really captured my feelings I'm, on it, because I, I'm sure you've it's kind of a middling review, not in terms of the quality of the review, but in terms of how you received the game. And I'm sure you've talked about this on quality control before, but like that's a hard review to write. The middling, the the ones where you just like adore the game and you want to write like a mash note about how great it is, um, or the game with the 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 ones where just like the game's faults are so overwhelming that they define the thing. Um, those are those are easy. Those are really easy to write. Not that you don't take them seriously, but like it's easy to formulate your your thoughts and your if you want to call it an argument. I, it's easy to do that for for a game where some of the stuff worked and some of it didn't, and it kind of left you feeling a bit dissatisfied. But some of the things are still worth praising, but they were well, sort of covered up by fault. Like that's a tricky one. And also, it's divorced somewhat from quality in turn, and also in terms of just like the fact that the game is doing things that are different than yeah. most games do. Like any game that's like th- that is making interesting choices are always the hardest reviews to write, right? Because like we don't ha- necessarily have a vocabulary for how we talk about a game. For instance, a game like a drift where you can move like in 360 degrees and you're constantly trying to get to the next O2 thing. And um, there's a, there's a narrative focus that I think is still complicated 
from a reviewer's perspective and it's getting easier i think as we as we have more games like gone home or adrift yeah, sure. uh or um, firewatch um i imagine there's some people right now pulling their hair out because we haven't really talked about what adrift is can you yeah. uh elucidate them yeah so adrift is a i i would say exploration centric game more than than i narrative focus necessarily it's a game where you you are uh, the commander of uh, a, a, sh- a station called the north star four or uh and the, the some sort of like terrible calamity has befallen the station um and it has been basically blasted to smithereens there's a, a central core that is intact, but the the wings of the system, the systems that power the ship and uh, y- y- give it its communications, those kinds of things, they've all been blown out into space. Uh, you are the last survivor, uh, the commander of the ship, Alex Oshima, and she has to, uh, she's in a suit that's been heavily damaged, and she has to uh, basically rebuild the ship's systems enough so that she can get. Uh, launch an escape pod and repair mm-hmm. her suit because that's necessary for escape pod operation as well. Um, as you do that, it's sort of vi- that part sounds very like experimental and narrative, but the structurally it's very video gamey. There are four hubs or four spokes off of that main hub that go into four different systems. And you're actually like doing the big picture, doing the exact same thing in every spoke. You're trying to get to the end of it so you can, get an upgrade for your suit and get like a, a, a processor computer part that is needed to power up that specific system in the ship. Uh, and once you do all four, then you can activate the escape pod and get out of the ship. Um, in each spoke, you are, there are audio logs in the game. And the thing that's really kind of smart about the way Edgerd handles it is that there are audio logs and like email terminals and stuff Uh, you, you, each spoke is really like focused on, one or two of the individual crew members of the North Star. So you're hearing their audio logs and they're reading their emails when you're in that specific hmm. section, which is really helpful, I think, because it 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 helps their story to sort of like congeal uh, for you as opposed to like other games where you're getting like all kinds of different threads, you know, simultaneously uh, Adrift keeps it like pretty focused well, on each one. Well, what I think is interesting about the way Adrift handles audio logs is a lot of games like Bioshock, uh, for me, that's like, that's the, that's the standout. Like the first Bioshock for me, and I'm sure there were games, I mean, certainly the System Shock games, but for me that, that, that world needed building and it needed development and that got done through the audio logs. You don't necessarily maybe need that world building as much in Adrift. You're in a space station where things went very very poorly things have gone very poor you're in a space station you're in space where there's no air and things are bad and dangerous yes so so those logs can be used to develop characters instead of um you know the world which is to say Mm -hmm. outer space yeah there's not there's not a lot in, in the emails there aren't a lot of um not a lot of cruft you know not a lot of jargon and junk it's really about humans and like their emotional states rather than like i left the 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 password to the thing in my locker. Yeah. Could you, you know, um, Griffin, I want to talk more about this, but okay. first I want to tell you about a very exciting thing that happened to me this week. That's I kind of home. That's kind of weird. Like we yeah, were, no. I, we were just like, I feel like we were building steam there. Yeah. But I, this is really, really exciting though. Uh, cause I want to talk to you about Harry's. Uh, I got home yesterday and found that, uh, Harry's had sent me a box of 
their uh, their razors and razor blades. And it's very exciting because they got a new razor handle. If you don't know Harry's, I feel like everybody should at this point. But uh, they give you uh, quality German engineered blades uh, at a very reasonable price, half the price of the leading brands because they cut out the middleman and ship directly to you. Uh, over 1 million people have already made the switch and thousands more are doing it every day. Uh, this new razor handle is really comfortable and feels really great when you shave. And of course the razors and at Harry's are always great. Um, it is uh, a really great shave and it is a so much cheaper than other, uh, uh, razors, not in quality, but in terms of price, the quality is fantastic, but you don't need to pay 32 bucks for an eight pack of blades. Like we go to buy, uh, razor blades at the grocery store. They're like in a lock box. Like you have to find like a, a ID scanner and get somebody to retina scan to like open the blades. Cause they're so expensive. You have to like basically heist them, hmm. but, uh, Harry's will give you a razor, Moisturizing shave cream and through razor blades for just fifteen bucks. Can you believe that? I can't believe that. They. I also uh, received a box from them this week. Oh, really? But yeah. in, inside was uh, some shave cream and a katana. Oh my! Or sorry, an uchi, an uchi katana. Uh, but, that doesn't sound accurate. No, it it is. And they just said, "Point it at your face and go." And I said, "Harry's." That's not actually a uh, actual thing that Harry's does. They do send you great razors. I know. I thought so a, too. That's why I was surprised when the katana showed up. It may have just been somebody who was trolling you. Maybe it was your friend, Harry, sending you shave cream. And we're, a not friend, we're not friends anymore. For just $15, you get the razor moisturizing shave cream and three razor blades. But this is the best part. Harry's is going to give you $5 off your first order if you use the promo code control. That's $5 off an already great price. So go to harrys.com right now. It's a really, really easy website to use. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and enter code control at checkout all right um, Griffin, back in back into me? the mix um uh i want to talk about how i played it in rift and it made me want to yarts a little bit and i played oh, yeah. i played a few games now uh for me the gold standard is is winlands that's probably the most fun i've had in rift uh-huh. um that's basically spider-man swinging and it's very intense like you are full-blown spider-man swinging around adrift because you can um it's the fucking yaw dude it's being able to adjust your human yaw as you fly mm-hmm. through space and like rotate. When you say 360 degree movement, I feel like people don't really appreciate what that means. You're also talking about going up and down and also being able to freely orient yourself however you go. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's a-, a very intense experience. And despite so- the fact that the game is, I would say, in terms of like pacing, a pretty slow game. Yeah, it, I, I would be interested to hear actually when you're playing uh on on a monitor um your the the direction that you're traveling is dictated by your perspective yeah um does it does it how do you adjust your like when you can free look around how do you adjust your like your so you, your free look in oculus is still inside of the helmet so you can it's it's kind of like you you position your body and that's you, your positioning doesn't take into track uh, take take into account your head tracking you you just look around through the helmet, which is sort of your field of view, and then you steer yourself otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, the Oculus version of the game does have a button you can press that puts a little circle um, with like a little crosshair in the middle of it that sort of uh, obscures a bunch of the screen. It it uh, fortunately it puts that up every time you reorient yourself, or else like you would absolutely lose your lunch. Yeah, the um, reorning is 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 important to like 
it's not just you get twisted in space. These the parts of the ship are actually like floating around in space, and they're all at different uh, angles. So when you go into a section of the ship to like do something, you on uh, on the version I played at least, you press the left stick in, and it yeah. reorients you to whatever structure you happen to be in. So you'll be like lined up with that with that structure. Um. So so I want to talk about some of the problems that you had with the with the game in your review. Um, about how sort of the mechanics of you're constantly having to find oxygen tanks and pop them into your face Mm -hmm. um, because you also use oxygen to propel yourself. Um, I I actually like the propulsion system because you kind of have to put English on yourself and and then throw yourself like a dart and then not propel yourself because you go through oxygen really quickly when you use your EVA suits jets. Um, So you kind of got to like figure out where you're going, find your line and then like propel yourself and then just like sit there and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, that gets to be less a, after you've upgraded your suits oxygen, which happens fairly early and hmm. the thrust that that becomes less of a concern. Um, the, the issue with that, like in, in, in micro that system works really well, right? Like when you're in a section of the ship and you're trying to get to another part of the ship, the, that that works really well. What what doesn't work so well is um, it's sort of a, a a cascade effect of like uh, problems. So the problem, the core of the problem, from where I sit, is the parts of the ship are are often very far away, and they get farther apart as the game proceeds, and you get like more capable in terms of uh, the distance you can travel without getting more oxygen, right? The, the the big problem is the compass, which indicates the next place that you need to go to, uh, is on a 2D plane, and you are in a 3D world. So if you see an indicator on a circle in front of you in a 2D game, you know that means go forward. Um, but in this game, that could mean so many different things, because it could be above you yeah it could you know uh, there are a lot of times when it will look like you are on the exact place you need to be like on the spot where the thing that you need to do is and you won't be anywhere near it because it's whatever a hundred yards above you and sure. you need to go up and the, and the issue with that being if you go too far in the wrong direction and you get too far away from oxygen town you die right there was a lot of times when i would be i mean literally traveling for three minutes in a given direction you, you move you move space. awful slow you move yeah, very slow you, you which is cool slow. like it, it builds tension but not when you have to if you have to do that a second time no way right when you're looking out in space it's really hard to judge distance and it, you could be looking at something and thinking like maybe that's where it, it's wanting me to go that's what the indicator sort of kind of looks like i'll i'll rocket myself at that and you could be three minutes in before you realize like uh no this is wrong i'm gonna die i don't have the oxygen to make it this is not right um, and that's really annoying. It gets worse because, because of that, I was really hesitant to ser- like all the story stuff is given to you in like audio logs that are floating around like collectibles, basically yeah. like emails and, and things like that. <clears throat> um, I was really hesitant to get off of the main track because I was so nervous about finding my way, my way back and dying and starting back who knows how long ago, um, and losing progress. So like I missed parts of the story because it was such a nightmare trying to to track them down. Yeah. And like at the end result of that was that 
when I finished the game, like it was a very unsatisfying narrative experience. The ones that are early um, where it's like a lot easier to find all that stuff because the ship's a little tighter together. Um, it was really affecting and, and, and really good stuff. And then as I got to like some of the further along ones, um, I, I just didn't uh, get the whole story. And that's exacerbated, I think, by the fact that what you do in the game, aside from, especially after like, like death is not like a constant presence um is not that interesting it's not like there are puzzles to solve it's it's really like about the navigation which is a, a really crappy and um you know a, a good amount of like backtracking and, and just keeping making sure you're you know you don't hover away too far from oxygen tank so as a result like even in a, in a fairly short experience like it was getting a little dull towards the end. Yeah, there. Sure. So I didn't necessarily want to spend more time, you know, tracking that stuff down just because it was, it was not super interesting. I, I haven't played very much of the game, but I, obviously there have been a lot of, I would say pretty fair comparisons to gravity. Um, yeah. yeah. Gravity had that like nightmare dust cloud that would come around every like hour and just, you know, it's coming and you know, it's going to wreck shit. And it doesn't sound like there's a, a sort of tension element like that and yeah in it's it or if you use if you want to use like the martian as another example of of a similar idea of like somebody marooned in space like the 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 martian had an had an ebb and flow he would you know two steps forward one step back right. uh because calamity would befall him that never happens in a drift the the tension just gets is the highest at the beginning and then it just gets less and less and less as mm. you play um, and at the be- and that that's unfortunate because the tension is what makes the immersion really work in the beginning because you have I, to stay locked into the experience. In in I, and not that this is worth the price of admission necessarily, but the first time that I realized that I wasn't able to get through a door um, because it was like permanently locked, and that I had to leave the room I was in through a hole in the ceiling, and I just emerged into open outer space um having that moment in oculus rift like made my tummy drop like Mm -hmm. that like that that was that was a cool moment but i imagine you only really get that the one time in a lot of ways it feels like it and i don't think it was i can't imagine that it was designed for this from the beginning but in a lot of ways it feels like the experience that you sit someone down with an oculus after you get it and like check this out if for 15 I, no, minutes I, but you know it's what I mean? so intense like if uh i i've i've had rachel try out some stuff on the rift and like um thing things where uh you know more stationary camera type stuff is is pretty pretty chill um pretty easy on the comfort level something where you can rotate your body in every conceivable direction like there's no way it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's extreme despite the fact that your character is moving at the speed of smell like the ability to rotate in any direction is like really if for, even for me it's it's one of like two things maybe that i've done in vr that has made me nauseous i have a pretty strong stomach for stuff like this um it's uh it is intense uh well griffin uh is there anything else you wanted to talk about with the drift is it do you think it's something you're going to continue to try or is it like i don't, I don't think so your... i think it is i think it is um it's it's rough. I don't even think the the creators of the game would like it to be classified like this, but it's a cool experience for the Rift. I feel like what we're talking about now, there's only a handful of like capital G like games, like good good ass interactive ex- games, not experiences. I feel like that's experiences are, is the other bucket that 
stuff on the rift kind of falls into now um and i feel like a drift more falls into that category and not that that should protect it from criticism as a non-rift product right but, but it, it does kind of feel like a, a less fleshed out um thing and and so i think it makes sense that as a game that you play on a computer monitor or a tv screen it's not um it's not perfect um but but on rift like i think i've kind of gotten what i need to get out of it you know what i mean like i've gotten yeah. the experience of floating through space and like the first time that you float into a room where just drops of water float free floating and you can like smack them out of the way with your hand like that's dope but i did it and i i, I think i'm i think i'm good there uh Griffin, thank you so much for taking over the hosting duties so I could bloviate about Adrift. And uh, thanks to Harry's, uh, harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use the code control to save five bucks off of that uh, already great deal. Um, and there's lots more on Polygon. This Adrift review is live there. You can go read it. Really appreciate that. Uh, but uh, that's going to do it for us. Griffin, why don't you take us out? You're the host. It just seems right. Yeah, I'll just say the quality control catchphrase of i'm griffin mcelroy justin has been my guest catch you next time on poly on polygon's quality control till then keep it keep it high quality don't touch that don't touch that keyboard it's got jam on it (laughs) 